0: Hello sweet sisters and welcome to Cosmic Conceptions, a place where we acknowledge that women are of nature and the stars. My name is Athena and I'll be your guide as we explore esoteric transmissions on fertility astrology, conscious conceptions, women's health, and more. Here we will not shy away from the radical, the controversial, or the spiritual. So grab your tea and let's get cosmic. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Cosmic Conceptions. I am so glad you're here. Whether you're listening with me in real time or you have found my podcast at some point in the future and are now coming back to start over with me, thank you for being here. This episode I'm going to walk you through who I am and what my story is and how I've come to arrive at practicing fertility astrology. We're also going to get into the intentions of this podcast and what I really want this space to provide for you and bring into your world and your life. So to begin with formalities, my name is Athena. I'm a Leo sun, Gemini moon, Sag rising, and my lineage is Albanian, Greek, and German. I am mother to an incredible four-year-old daughter named Fauna and fiance to Alex, my life partner of six years and counting. And our story sort of begins in my late 20s as I was approaching my Saturn return. So Saturn returns are often... Dreaded experiences. <laughs> Mainly, I believe, because our culture um, does not know how to facilitate the selection of our appropriate. Authentic life path. And so a lot of teenagers and kids are growing up into adulthood without appropriate initiation, without being like having their authentic selves um, and their passions fostered. And so we end up going down these pathways in life that may not actually be fully aligned with what our purposes and so Saturn or Saturn return comes around and he really does bring in that tough love energy that kind of rocks you back into your dharma and that's certainly what I feel happened to me Um, the tool through which (laughs) that tough love came to me was the conception of my daughter Uh, Alex and I were living together at the time in Brooklyn and really enjoying kind of like just peak you know career moment in your 20s, your friend, like just like the social life, like everything, all of the pieces felt like they had fallen into place, right? It's like I had the amazing apartment, the amazing partner, the amazing career, the amazing social life. And then all of a sudden, this baby comes into my world. And I have to tell you, I was so ignorant at the time about my own body. I mean, when I look back at those calendars to try to figure out how I conceived this child, I have no information to work with. I don't know when I was ovulating. I don't know when my fertile moon dates were. I didn't even know how long my periods were. I literally only marked on my calendars the very first day that I was expected to get my period, and that was the only thing I kept track of at the time Um, and clearly did not have a grasp on conscious conception or contraception practices because again. Where did this baby come from? Um, So obviously, we ultimately decided that we were going to allow her into our life. And of course, I'm so glad that I did. And it really shook things up for me. You know, At the time, I was 10 years into a career in fashion, working as a freelance art director, doing all kinds of things, um, all kinds of things that, you know, sort of kept me up at night and I ended up having to sort of like change jobs or gigs every few years, kind of like chasing um, the next high because ultimately what I was doing was so unfulfilling in that I knew that I was supporting an industry that was wildly unethical from the way in which the clothing was produced to the you know health and condition of the models that we were putting the clothes on to... The way in which we were manipulating the customer, um, whom probably has low self esteem, as most women in our society do. So there, there were just so many layers um, that I knew were not really in alignment with me and what I wanted to create for my legacy in life, um, what I wanted to leave behind ultimately. And so the conception of my daughter really kicked that into priority for me, because especially when you're making good money, it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, I guess someday I'll do something else. Um, Well, as soon as I conceived this child, and especially as soon as I found out that I was having a girl, I really, it was really confronting for me in terms of Realizing that I had to figure out how to do something else because I didn't want to raise a daughter thinking that what I was participating in was ethical. So this is when I kind of shifted gears. And as soon as I gave birth, I vowed I was never going to go back into the industry again. And big surprise, I entered into the doula realm. So this is when I was still very much in my, I'm going to hero everyone, I'm right and everyone needs to listen to me, maidenhood kind of headspace, right? Still very much there, even after having my daughter. And the doula space, especially when you're consenting to be a systems doula, is the perfect place to play out that persona, of course. So I did various trainings in New York City, uh, in the doula world, and I think I made it through four births. (laughs) And really, after the first birth, I knew that I couldn't continue doing that work because the very first birth I attended, um, was in a hospital setting and it completely rocked me in a way that I was not anticipating at all. Of course, you know, I gave birth to Fauna at home with a midwife in a bathtub and it was the whole kind of experience that, you know, you wish, um, that you could have for, especially for your first baby when you kind of don't really know what to expect. Uh, and so I knew the hospital was horrendous, but I didn't really have experience seeing it and feeling it and smelling it firsthand. And the first birth I went to exposed me to that. And of course, all of the doula trainings that I had gone through at the time really failed to prepare me for managing the kind of trauma that I was going to experience from that, um, which is a whole other discussion that can be talked about for a very long time so basically all this is to say is that after my first birth as a doula I knew that I was going to have to change things up um, and but I was committed to serving the clients that I had attained through until the end of until the end of the year and around that time is when 2020 happened so another massive opportunity for awakening I think because of 2020 my The fifth birth that I was supposed to attend, um, I supported over the phone somehow. I mean, I don't even really remember how I was helpful in that scenario, but I I do remember supporting them virtually from afar. Um, And that was kind of my last client that I was serving who was participating in giving birth within the system. Um, and some sometime during my pregnancy was when I started getting exposed to free birth, unassisted birth, wild birth, uh, physiological birth, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so a seed had been planted during that time that there was a different way to do things. So After 2020 happened, and I couldn't take any more clients, um, even if I had wanted to, continue down that path. And then my partner and I decided to move to Montreal. So we spent a year in Montreal, which is where I have dual citizenship. And during that time is when I ended up getting more involved in my studies with herbalism. I signed up to take Sage Popham's School of Evolutionary Herbalism. Um, and as a bonus, we had access to a course about medical astrology. Because of Sagea, actually, I was really Introduced into the world of medical astrology um, in a way that I don't know how else I would have kind of run into that. But I suppose if it was meant to be, it would have found me, right? So um, I was introduced to medical astrology through my coursework with the School of Evolutionary Herbalism. And it was so fascinating and so captivating and esoteric and spiritual and it is something, but also scientific. And, you know, but it, it's a big topic. And when you're just getting started, started, started communing with the plants, it can be really intimidating to then layer in all of this cosmic information on top of that. So although I had been introduced to it, I kind of ultimately ended up sort of setting it aside. Now, I think it's important to also include that while a lot of this exploration in terms of my studies and the role that I wanted to play in women's communities was going on is that... 2020 was going on. And so it really pushed me into the depths of navigating my own personal shadow work. A lot of really major personal transformations were occurring at this time. And of course, when I was in it, it felt ugly and sticky and bumpy (laughs) And I, like I was if I was constantly just failing um, and lost. And, and of course, it it was all part of the evolution, but I just couldn't really holistically grasp it or understand what the end result was going to be at the time. Um, and it really was also an initiation into my understanding of the word sovereignty and of how it applied to women's health um, and women's sovereignty, their own personal sovereignty, and our sovereignty as families and as communities existing within an oppressive and predatory system. And, you know, when I started out on this path of working with women, I really did just think that I was going to... Be a birth doula and like maybe break into wellness a little bit and in terms of helping women learn how to eat food or <laughs> how to change their lifestyle and I don't know it just the <laughs> the goals almost feel very um, like small and juvenile at this point but you know I I had to start somewhere obviously um, and and the path that I ended up going down obviously opened me up into much grander more philosophical questions about. what does it really mean to be well and what does it really mean to be sovereign so all of this is to say that in response to my own fear and actually my own lack of sovereignty during the 2020 era and being deeply into my shadow work Um, without a lot of really reliable guidance, mentorship, or mirrors around me, I ended up consenting to moving my family back to the U.S. to live in what was supposed to be an intentional community led by a really big name in the free birthing community. And what that ultimately ended up providing for me and my family, but mainly for me, was really the final... Firewalk that I needed to traverse in order to be initiated into the woman that at twenty nine leaving fashion claimed I claimed that I had wanted to be, um, and that was a whole experience that I won't get into here. But it really did provide such written richness in terms of understanding my own sovereignty, intuition, fear, playing with all the various victim personas that I had been cycling through for the previous three years. And like really seeing what conscious leadership and community doesn't look like. Which is just as important, if not more important, than having a vision for what you do want things to look like. Because when you know what you don't want, you, it actually brings a lot of clarity um, into your vision or at least space to then begin crafting and creating the things that you might actually want as an alternative. So my family ultimately left that situation, uh, and shortly after that time, I started studying fertility astrology with Judith Hill, which she's just such an incredible, world-renowned astrologer who's extremely skilled in terms of psychological astrology, medical astrology. I mean, anything that has to do with astrology, she probably can teach you about it. <laughs> so I studied um fertility astrology with her which felt like a really tangible way for me to take the teachings that I had absorbed on medical astrology and bring it into my life and potentially into other women's lives in a way that could really have an impact that it wasn't just, you know, kind of like out there, airy-fairy, spacey, wooey kind of information that then we say, okay, well, then what do I do with this, you know? Um, And I remember at some point during her workshop, you know, she had just kind of gone through how to assess a woman's fertility by looking at the chart, how to work through all the calculations, how to understand um, your fertile lunar phase, all of this stuff. And then she said to us, you know, you can do this. You can take this knowledge and you can go out there and help people with it. And it felt like such a deep sigh in my body because it's so hard when you're starting out and, you know, you really want to help people and you're putting together your opportunities offerings and you're learning new things. And there's a lot of interesting dynamics when you're moving through that process and working with teachers in terms of gatekeeping and lineage and um, just, you know, like, and it's not like any of those things don't deserve attention and don't deserve to be honored and approached in, you know, respectful ways, but it can be very intimidating um and difficult to navigate so it was just such like i said a deep sigh in my body to hear um my teacher say you know you can do this uh and she was right i could do it and i started doing calculations within my own chart i remember my very first client that i took on to do her fertile transit report um, she's a dear friend of mine that i've known for a long time and it felt so kismet that i had just learned how to utilize all of this knowledge and then she had come to me saying i can't get pregnant and i don't know what's going on and i said let's look at your chart So I did end up looking at her chart and doing her fertile transit report for six months. And six months later, she tells me that she's pregnant and she actually conceived during um, a window in which she was probably more astrologically fertile than she was physiologically fertile. Uh, So, of course, if all this is completely new to you, we're going to I'm going to break all of this down in future episodes. So don't worry about that. But it felt really nice to be able to combine my passion for women's health and the maiden to motherhood transition and also my interests in more esoteric spiritual information and package it all together in a way where women can really experience results. Now, let's get into why we're here and what the intention of this podcast is. So what I'm really trying to do in opening up this channel of communication with you is first and foremost, bring this information into your awareness. There are a lot of wonderful womb keepers out there who are teaching women about all different layers of their body literacy. And I really do think that this astrological aspect is a very important part of that information. And as we get into it in future episodes, and I explain to you what cosmic fertility really is, I think you're going to see why. So number one, I want to connect you with this information. Number two, I want to help you understand and actually integrate it into your life and into your body literacy toolkit, right? Because it's not so helpful to just know about stuff, right? We're we're so flooded with an excess of information through social media channels, um, podcasts included. Just the way in which we interact with technology and with channels of information these days. So many. People are overwhelming themselves with knowledge and not applying it in their lives in a way that it cultivates wisdom. So, I do want to help you understand how to actually integrate this into your life if you choose that it is appropriate for you and can be helpful for you. I also want to begin rewiring your approach to your fertility or perceived infertility and all of the women's health Issues. I don't know if that's the right word, issue, but all of the other women's um, health and healing experiences that accompany those topics, I want to help you start approaching those with a new perspective, okay, from a truly vitalist and quantum and spiritual and energetic perspective because it's become very clear. If you're here, you're probably aware that it's become very clear that how we have been approaching health and approaching the human body and approaching healing and approaching wellness is really not working for a lot of reasons. And again, we're going to get into all of these topics. We're going to get into what all these words mean in future episodes, because it's really important to me that we are speaking the same language and that you understand what I mean when I say things. Um, The other intention to this channel is that I want to bring you women's stories so that we can expand, collectively expand our awareness around what the preconception period can look like because what i am seeing in dabbling in this space for the past however many months well i guess over you know the past 3 years just being in birth is that the preconception space and what is normal within that space is actually just as constricted and limited and misunderstood as the birth space itself. And so my hope is that by bringing you other women's stories around what their conception journeys looked like for them, you can kind of shift your programming around the more conventional model of, oh, if you are in this age bracket and you don't conceive within six to 12 months, you are now infertile. Okay. Cause this is extremely, inaccurate and very problematic and really damaging in terms of what it does to the belief systems of women who are in the preconception space and potentially wondering whether or not they can assign this word to their experience, right, infertility. So ultimately, the grander vision for this podcast is to radically shake up the preconception space for women and our approach to both fertility and perceived infertility, which I personally don't even agree with, as in the way that we are, our culture is currently using that word infertility. And again, we're going to get further into that as we record more episodes. Thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your time with me. I really appreciate it. I'm going to put all relevant links in the show notes, including all of the ways that you can connect with me and the channels that I'm currently working through to provide information and reach you. This podcast is going to be hosted on Substack and I have a lot of plans for how we are going to have bonus offerings there and create community there for women who are tuning in. So look for that in future episodes. I will see you next time.